reminder that Thursday at the T. Pepin Hospitality Center is the first stop on the USF Coaches Caravan. You have a chance to talk to not just them, but Jeff Scott, Ashley Fisher, who you're going to hear from, Jolene Shepherdson, who I'm going to be actually speaking to myself tomorrow morning for the program. So not only will we chat volleyball, but also sort of preview what she expects uh, to give you folks on the Coaches Caravan, where Erica Brennan will be. Women's golf, we'll talk about in a little bit. Allison Jolly. Head to GoUSFBulls.com for your way to get tickets. They are, with appetizers and drinks being offered, $15 for adults and $5 for children, 6.30 to 9 o'clock this Thursday. Again, more details on GoUSFBulls.com. But back to this show. Yeah, not only Jolene Shepherdson, but our new associate head coach has been able to reach out to me, and we're going to be able to talk to Michaela Franklin sometime soon. Just mentioned Erica Brennan and women's golf, and the... Women's golf team was, as we told you, at the early stages of the second round in the American Athletic Conference Tournament, just a few shots off the lead, but they will enter the final round 17 shots off the lead and 11 out of second place. Just couldn't quite finish strong as they were hoping to. 17 over par as a team in the second round. They were led by Ashley Zagers alongside of Melanie Green. What a round for Ashley who had two birdies to start off her back nine and parred the rest of the way. So she shot a one over 73, as did Melanie Green. Remember, the Bulls were just playing along with everybody else. The back nine on Pinehurst number six because of weather that was supposed to permit the teams to begin sometime mid-morning, and they started around 3.30 in the afternoon. Now, weather is not supposed to be an issue for the final round today. If you're listening to this in the morning, it's already underway. It'll be on ESPN+, Plus, basically the back nine starting at around 10.30. But after the two 73s turned in by Zagers and Green, it was a drop-off to 6 over par, 78 for Juliana Camargo. And then the other two bulls both turned in 81s, Morgan Baxendale and Ana Maria Barriga. In fact, the two birdies by Zagers on holes 10 and 11 and Green's birdie on 10 were the only birdies turned in by the Bulls. Not that many teams were turning in a lot of birds. The leader, the Houston Cougars, for example, had four of them as a team yesterday total. And one of the golfers that got a birdie, her score didn't count. She was a seven over, but Houston is doing the trick at 11 over par. Again, the winner of the AAC tourney gets an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament. Houston was in pretty good shape to begin with. UCF, which is already assured of an at-large, is in second place, six shots behind. Then it's SMU at 19 over par, Tulane 21 over, Memphis 26 tied with Tulsa, and USF in seventh place, 28 over par. Definitely a top five finish is in range, but Bulls are hoping for more than that. They were seated fourth coming into this event. Also, again, not what they're hoping for. They're hoping for an overall championship, but Melanie Green is within range. If she can make a run of the individual medalist honors, it's going to be tough to catch Tunrata Pidon from UCF. She is three under par after shooting, well, a three under par round. So she was able to turn in a fantastic round. There are five golfers at even, and then Melanie Green is at four over par, tied for ninth. Zagers, with her great performance, zoomed into the top 25, tied with teammate Juliana Camargo at eight over through two rounds. The men's team will be going for a back-to-back championship at Southern Hills in Brooksville. In fact, you can make plans to go up there yourself if you'd like to. It starts Friday. It ends on Sunday. Again, a three-round event. 
Last year, the Bulls had a record-setting performance in the first round and hung on to the lead the rest of the way. Very scenic, very hilly course. I was uh, able to enjoy watching them clinch the championship last year. Won't be there this season just because of the fact that I'll be with baseball in Cincinnati. The pros and cons of being able to travel with the team. Uh, Definitely pro of being able to bring you the action in person. Don't know if you saw what happened recently with the network that carries the uh, Anaheim Angels games. They basically had to decide to, okay, instead of having our play-by-play people being five seconds behind on the call, have them travel with the team again. But anyway, the point is I won't be able to attend the golf tournament in person, but it is free and something that you can attend, and it begins on Friday. We'll talk more about the outlook for the conference on our conference show Friday around the American. But as it pertains to the Bulls, we can tell you right now, that the American Athletic Conference weekly honors in softball and baseball definitely featured some bulls. And I got to tell you, I'm a little surprised. Georgina Corrick, as we all know, is outstanding, but the bulls were not competing in conference last week. She only pinched once, and UCF was competing in conference and got two wins from its ace, Gianna Mancha, but Corrick was selected as the pitcher of the week. Not complaining, just got to say I was pleasantly surprised. Not surprised that she would get the honor because it is now the seventh time she has been named Pitcher of the Week. And she got it because she almost had a perfect game, got broken up in the seventh inning. Gianna Mancha, by the way, for UCF, had two complete game victories. And it was needed because, again, East Carolina held down the Knights' bats. The scores in the games that she pitched were 1-0 to nothing and 2-1. to one. Either way, Corrick gets the Pitcher of the Week on the honor roll. Alexis Johns, and by the way, I don't know if they were listening to me, but they extended the honor roll to six members. So you have player of the week, pitcher of the week, and a six-member honor roll, which I'm in favor of. I think there should be seven because there's nine individuals on a diamond. But either way, Alexis Johns, I think, was pretty safe as she hit 750 for the week. Now, granted, again, just two games, but she got the ball rolling in the four-run inning against FAMU. Here's some of the highlights of what Johns was up to on one day in Jacksonville, and she actually dipped into her arsenal for extra base hits, as you'll hear me talk about, something that she's not necessarily been known for. Three and one is the count. A lefty ready to deliver to a fellow lefty. Looks high and outside, and it is. And there goes Johns. Actually a pretty good throw, but well shy of the bag. And make it 43 steals this season. Nation leader in stolen bases. The runner already at third for the Bulls, and that one gets away. It'll be ball four and run one for USF. As Alexis Johns had no issues scoring there. She is pretty good at the top of the order. Three and two to her, and lines it through. The middle of the infield, that is going to score two. And with Johns' speed, of course, she's going to cut it for two. Look at that. Head first and absolutely coming through. Alexis Johns when her team needs it. And the Bulls lead 6-3. And that one is through the middle by Johns. Scorched and the center fielder is going to boot it away. And Johns is going to take second and take third in one fell swoop. Man, oh man. And that's all her. Now that's going to go down as probably a single and a two-base error, but they could give her a double. Advantage of sitting in the press box next to everybody and hearing firsthand that that'll be a double. So that that's actually her second double of the game. She had one coming in, which is almost unfathomable. 1-0 to Johns. Drops down that bunt, and that's going to be a good play by the pitcher to get her at first. Runners will advance, but if you're Johns, you're trying to bunt to get on there. And she's retired 1-4. to four. Center fielder. So now Hallie Bryant comes up in a 
RBI situation. She has one, looking to roll one through here if she can. Little applause there, and Bryant drives it to right field, could drop in, and it does. That'll score one run, and hesitating out there at right field to score the second run. She will get thrown out trying to advance to second, but Hallie Bryant has drove in a pair, and they will exchange that third out for what preceded it. She doubles her career IRBI total, and the Bulls make it three to nothing. Definitely wanted to add in that Hallie Bryant hit because as Corrick had the headlines in that second game, the 4 nothing win against JU due to the fact that she had a perfect game going into the seventh. Bryant's hit made it so that we weren't sweating out the seventh because if that didn't get dropped down, maybe it's one nothing or 2 nothing. Instead, it was 4 nothing. It was Bryant, as you heard, doubling her RBI total. Coach Erickson gave her a start in that game against Jordan Cadlub. We're still replaying that game from time to time, both games of that doubleheader. And again, the Bulls are playing tomorrow in Gainesville. I will not be making the trip to that. It would take up just a little bit too much time in my day. If it was a little bit closer, of course, if the Bulls were at home against Florida, it'd be one thing. But I got to be out of the house Thursday. In fact, we're not going to do a show Thursday morning really early to be able to travel with the baseball team for Cincinnati, which is where we'll be this weekend. Speaking of the baseball team, although they are just two and nine since conference play began, that's two and seven in league games and two midweek losses. And incidentally, they have a midweek game today that we'll preview for you. Carmine Lane has been doing just fine. He did go hitless in the series against UCF, so he had his batting average down to 316. But since then, eight games, only one of them has he had fewer than two hits. He's gotten a hit in each game. He's had three hits twice, and then four hits on Saturday. Here's how that went down. Lane chops it up the middle. That will score a run. Not actually get Lane to first base. It will. Three to two. Bulls take the lead. Two on, two outs. And up the middle for a base hit. They are going to send Bozer, and Lane comes through. With the base knock, his second RBI single of the day, and the Bulls do send their lead. It's 4-2. to two. Nothing spectacular, but we don't need spectacular. We will take runs. And just a dribbler up the middle that looked like it should have gotten through and did. Two hits today, both RBI singles, the first coming for the lead. And the last one ahead of the Mayo three-run homer that made it 4-2 at the time. And up the middle for a base hit. Bozer will come around, and Carmine Lane has three RBI singles today. It is eight to two. Simple stuff right there. Eight two, nobody out still, bottom eight. Lane drills it, looks like it's headed for a fourth hit. They're gonna send Eaton around, and it's a decent throw, but he'll be safe. Carmine Lane, four for five, all four hits, RBI singles. Not bad. And it's 9-2. to And what was impressive about that, we know that Carmine Lane could hit the ball for extra bases, eight home runs, 12 doubles, but they needed runs, as we said. And he helped provide them with four balls. They either went right through the middle or he just guided them through the left side of the infield. In total, in the four games for the week, he hit 529. That's 9 for 17 with four of those five RBI for the week coming in that one win against Memphis, which incidentally was down last night to Murray State, came back to walk that one off. And so Memphis keeps the good vibes on their end going. They'll play again today. Everyone in the conference is playing today a midweek game. The Bulls will be playing at Florida A&M. 
which is 16 and 21 overall, 10 and 5 in the new conference it's in, the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Again, we are not doing a broadcast of this game. Simply put, and I've been there and I actually asked ahead of time if the facilities had improved. I tell you what, their website's improved, famuathletics.com, but they are not set up for live broadcast as far as radio goes at Florida A&M. Last time we were there, we sat outside and kind of just recorded it and uploaded it to a folder and it got tape delayed on Bulls Unlimited, but we're not going that route this year. Florida A&M is 16 and 21 overall. They have gotten, well, basically destroyed in some of the games with the bigger teams on their schedule, 17 nothing to Florida, 18-40 UCF, and actually started in the Southwestern Athletic Conference getting blown out three times in a row by Alabama State, 16 nothing, 7-2, and 7-1. to So at that time, followed up with a loss to UNF, they were sitting on 6-14. and So they're on a 10-7 and uptick, including 10-5 and in the conference. They do have three hitters hitting above 300 on the year, not a home run hitting team, just 10 compared to their opponents, 36, only hitting 251 as a team with an ERA of around 6. So that'll be at 4 o'clock today. We'll keep an eye on it and have a summary for you tomorrow on Bulls Unlimited. Tennis next, my conversation with Ashley Fisher, whose men's team just took UCF and has won five in a row to close out the regular season. We'll also tell you what the women's team's draw is for the AAC tourney, which begins tomorrow in Tulsa. Stay tuned. This is Bulls Beat.